Bibi Fahodier, welcome to the African Liberation Media Podcast. Media solely focused on the liberation and empowerment of African people. I'm your host, Gullah Jack, a.k.a. Russell Swilly. Let's get to it. Bibi Fahodier, this is African Liberation Media. The day's date is April 19th. 6261 of 2021, we have with us Brothers Amos, Brother Macaroo, and our special guest, uh, Baba Reggie Singleton from the Gullah Coast. Uh, Brother Macaroo has worked extensively with this brother uh, in our attempts to raise the consciousness on the part of the youth as well as in the development of uh, horticultural agricultural skills. Brother Macaroo articulated so eloquently uh, the words of a famous African in making reference to Brother Singleton when he said, out of a sense of obscurity, we are all charged with our historical mission. We can either fulfill it or betray it. Brother Reggie has discovered his historical mission. Uh, I will end there. This is your show, brother. Brother Macaroo, why don't you introduce our guest? You've worked extensively with this brother. Uh, Bibi Fahodier, African family. Yeah, it is indeed a pleasure to have our good brother from the uh, revolutionary spirit of Denmark Vesey in the Charleston South Carolina area and the revolutionary spirit of the Stono Rebellion. Come on, with in the it. Charleston, South Carolina area, brother Reggie Singleton, my baby brother. Um, just uh, brother needs no introduction, certainly to uh, our audience here, you know, in Charlotte. Um, but this uh, brother is can can be described as the hallmark of consistency and and commitment. And those, those are two areas that uh, a lot of us fall short on. But as Gullah Jack said, in the uh, context of Franz Fanon, each generation must, out of relative obscurity, discover its mission and fulfill it or betray it. And uh, Brother Reggie, uh, working with the uh, Charlotte uh, Mecklenburg Health Department, uh, had uh, taken become the director of a pregnancy prevention program because at that time, you know, we thought that there was a major problem in our community because of so many out of a wedlock births. Uh, we became involved in the 1995 Million Man March, uh, an event that many of us had uh, extremely high hopes for in terms of advancing the next stage of our struggle. And uh, when Brother uh, Reggie returned from the Million Man March, he refocused the uh, Males Place program from pregnancy prevention to a guided journey to manhood. And this was based on the recognition of the fact that our families were in a crisis. Uh, as many people know, when Daniel Monahan did his quote-unquote study of the Black family, uh, that was published in 1965, Monaghan, working for the Johnson administration, uh, did a study based on the 1960 census, and he discovered that 75% of all black children at the time were being raised in a two-parent family, but he didn't report it that way. He reported it as 25% of black children in the United States were being born out of wedlock, and that uh, that was a crisis because 25% was the threshold that any community could withstand and uh, maintain any type of uh, stability, uh, family stability in particular. And without family stability, if there's peace in the family, there's no peace in the community. So uh, Monaghan was roundly criticized because his report came out at the height of the um, uh, civil rights movement. But, uh, and, and of course, he, Many people believe that he had ulterior motives, uh, attempting a you know another white supremacist attempt to uh, denigrate African people in the United States, but his his message was largely ignored. 
we we attack the messenger without acting on the message of uh, omar wally malcolm x is probably the only person who may have had he survived beyond 1965 i'm sure he would this would have been a focus area for him we largely uh didn't focus on uh, what was happening to our families and uh you know by the time uh brother reggie refocused the program in 1995 this is 30 years later uh the numbers were almost reversed you know from 75 percent of black children being raised in a two-parent family to probably uh 65 to 70 percent being born uh in, in a single family household and uh so so reggie saw a need uh you know that 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 uh there was a gap that needed to be filled some somebody had to stand in the gap and and take this message uh take this mission on uh to provide manhood training for young uh our young males who were growing up without fathers in their homes and you know this is this is the mission that he's been on you know since then so uh you know so many accolades so so many things that he's accomplished you know we've I could spend the whole show just talking about that, but rather than do, rather than doing that, uh, and you know, we have had Brother Reggie on before. We can go back to the archives and and and, and replay that. Uh, just like for him to talk about, you know, what's what's currently going on uh, with the Mills Place. You know, current uh, plans, uh, programs, uh, vision for the future. Uh, because Brother Reggie is a, is, a, is a visionary leader. Uh, you know, something that's solely mission missing in you know in our community so uh without further ado i've talked enough let's get to our esteemed guest <laughs> brother singleton thank you so much dear brother thank you so much brother macaroo bb pahodeye and hotep to our wonderful listening audience our brothers and sisters it's always an honor to be before you and uh baba macaroo uh, uh thank you for the again the gracious introduction and um for you know, without your support and without your wisdom, your teaching and your consistency, uh, without without your ethics, without your knowledge and wisdom, uh, for we would not be uh, the consistent uh, program and organization uh, to not only develop young black boys to manhood, but also to help develop the young men to be guardians and keepers and jingos of our community. And so it's always an honor to be here, Gullah Jack, Brother Amos. It's an honor to be before you. And um, as you all know, we focus primarily on three major tenets with the overarching goal of black manhood and freedom. We're ultimately about freedom and uh, liberation for our people. And we use those three major tenets, which again is um, black manhood. We provide a weekly manhood training program every Wednesday from 6 to 8 p.m. And then on Saturdays, we unveil our agricultural and food distribution programs. And we've uh, learned a lot from history. We um believe that we're, we're students of history and um, we borrow a lot of the techniques and, and lessons from those forebearers who came before us, like Sister Fannie Lou Hamer, of course, um, uh, Dr. Um, George Washington Carver, um, as well as uh, people like um, uh, contemporaries, you know, like um, uh, like Baba Makaru, of course, and, and Baba Malik Akini and Sister Shirley Sherrod and some of those who are uh, really soldiers in the agricultural and food system movement. And then our social justice and community service um, uh, arm. So with those three major tenets, in addition to our travel program, which include regional and international travel, uh, we really want to ex ex expand and broaden the experiences and the mindsets of these young black men as they grow. Uh, we believe that it's important that they be able to go beyond physically as well as psychologically uh, beyond 485 and Charlotte 
So we do a uh, regional travel program that includes uh, with our Sankofa uh, trips to Baltimore, Charleston, um, uh, Tuskegee, and uh, uh, Montgomery, and Birmingham, and D.C., and in a variety of places. And then we have our international program where we've traveled twice to Ghana, to Cuba, and this December, our plan is to travel to Kemet, to Egypt. Um, and while our the lessons, the educational and cultural lessons, the inculcation of those lessons are our primary interest, we always go um, with the expectation of learning more about some of the sustainability in regenerative agricultural uh, programs from those countries. So um, we are very blessed and fortunate with the leadership of our board of directors and uh, Masharis and elders. They include uh, Mashari AJ, Mashari Varnell, Mashari DeCarlos, uh, Mashari Ken, uh, Mashari Jasper, and and Elder Kathy, who helps with the agricultural um, aspects. So it is with those men, in addition to those great ancestors who served us um, uh, previously, uh, like Brother Rodney and Brother Roper and Minister P and Brother Darrell Williams, uh, those brothers with their incredibly hard work has um, made this journey um, a lot a lot um, more, um, uh, a lot better. I've made this journey a lot, the road a whole lot smoother. This is very difficult work, but I can't say enough about the work and the contributions of these men, in addition to the sisters that have uh, played roles, the parents, and of course, the young warriors themselves. So it's an always an honor to be here. And I will tell you, um, one of the major uh, plans for us this coming week here is we're going to roll out our annual agricultural um, uh, spring planning. We call it our big Saturday spring planning. We're, and of course, we started that in 2009 with uh, Baba Macaru, Brother Rodney, Brother Sean, and, and others, uh, uh, Brother Swilly. And uh, we all um, wanted to go and move further along than just merely having um, uh, rap sessions and, 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 and knowledge, but we wanted to link manhood training to solving problems, to solving some of the fundamental problems that persist in our community. And of course, uh, not having adequate culturally appropriate food, uh, not having food that was, um, uh, that had the proper nutrients for us was a, of, and continue to be a, a, a great concern, but also wanting to be a self-sufficient people. We, we believe that agriculture is one of those areas in which we um, were quite prolific at. Just imagine just a little over a hundred years ago, we had almost a million black farmers. Today, we only got about 16,000. And so agriculture is one of those areas in which we've kind of unfortunately abandoned and a lot of it has to do with some of the trauma, the suffering, the discrimination from USDA, uh, the white terrorism in terms of how they treated farmers and farmers not being able to get loans. And, and so as well as just the psychological feeling of, uh, of enslavement, tenant farming and sharecropping. So consequently, a lot of African-Americans want to move out of that and they no longer see agriculture as being a dignified work. They only look to white collar um, work as being um, uh, honorable work. But since we will eat today and we'll eat tomorrow, we'll need to um, be uh, producers. And so it's important that we teach our young boys, our young men as they grow to solve problems, not only is it necessary to consume, but it is very necessary that we produce, that we process, we distribute, that we uh, we make available and sell, and um, and and be owners of our not only our local markets, but to be owners of our food system as we should and our other market and systems as well. 
So um, this coming Saturday, we will um, install our our spring crops and many of those things that uh, that are culturally appropriate and people look forward to, but also expansion of some of the um, other um, uh, diasporic food uh, that many of our, our Caribbean brothers and sisters like, as well as our native brothers like on the continent. We use uh, some of the food for uh, for teaching and educational purposes too. So we'll grow some cotton and indigo and rice to teach about um, how this country became, why this wealth gap exists. And uh, so that's going to be at eight o'clock at our 1909 um, uh, McAllister uh, drive site and um, great anticipation. And one other project that we're rolling out is um, that's been on, that will be on pause though until the fall. And this is our Ujima project. The Ujima project is a partnership that we have with the uh, Memorial Presbyterian Baptist Church. And we're uh, installing 30 raised beds there. And um, these raised beds, they're, they're four by 10 and will, will allow us to expand our production and the next phase of it will be the greenhouse, which will allow us to extend our growing season, which would allow us to feed our people throughout the year and keep our immune system strong and keep us healthy and and not have us so um, uh, so much suffering from some of these needless deaths and, and uh, chronic disease that we have. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Um... Yeah, the the I think that the the garden project definitely added uh, a critical dimension, you know, to the uh, cultural enrichment, the uh, African and African American history, uh, you know, that that was being taught. Uh, those are those types of uh, things are critically important, but it's also important to have hands on and what it gave uh, uh, the program was was another chance to have, you know, more involvement, you know, with with young people and doing something positive beyond 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 just talk. And and talk is important. It's it's important to to read, to study, uh, to teach, to learn. All of those things are very important. But as Kwame Nkrumah said, thought without practice is empty. Practice without thought is blind. And I, and I, when 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 Brother Reggie uh, told us uh, back in 2009 that uh, we were going to turn this plot of uh, land in in uh, Fred Alexander Park into a garden, we kind of looked at him like, uh, "You serious?" <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. I mean, this this, this was like uh, a finely groomed lawn. That uh, you know, just uh, you, you couldn't even see a garden being there, and 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 uh, of course, when North Carolina, we yeah. I, I will uh, try to segue at this point. Uh, hopefully, I'm coming through, brothers. But uh, you know, just to reiterate what Brother Amos Wilson talked about. Um, based on the concept that manhood is a creative act. Okay, first and foremost, and you know, I will not eat. Okay, here's my mantra as a man. I will not eat until I have first killed the cow and fed the women and my children. In my particular village, however you define your uh, village, uh, so to speak, and the long range objective is to wean a young man from being a sucker of milk into a producer. Yeah. See, and you know, suffice it to say, this is uh, what we are lacking in the community. Re-education, you touched on it, brother. Uh, we caught up in the psychology and economics of Wall Street that we have uh, forgotten the crafts 
in the trades, in the gardening, and the horticultural skills that we were highly proficient at because of the association with our uh, slavery existence. And then the other thing is, you know, it, it, it becomes a political act, you know, to the degree that we can break away from this system. You know, if organized, okay, this is one area in which uh, we can exert ourselves against this system. It the, the consequences being political dividends to whatever degree we can withdraw from this system. You know, while in the process, keeping the concept of African liberation, freedom of B.B. Fahodier alive, this is a tangible means by which a youngster and an old uh, person, an older person, can see uh, right before them in a tangible way a form of independence, mm. you know, which is uh, has to take place. Um, you know, change is a slow process. Uh, suffice to say, change is imperceptible. You know, uh, Dr. Ture, Kwame Ture, uh, everything changes all the time. Change is imperceptible. And so, uh, you know, looking forward to, uh, you know, the male's place and uh, actually taking this independence thrust to whatever level uh, the brothers of Mashar is visualized. And uh, of course, I'm here to support it in some small way, small or moderate way. Yes, sir. And, and as you know, sovereignty is our is our aim. Uh, we're, we're wanting to be free and uh, more self-determined than we are. And with this Ujima initiative, uh, in fact, when we look at land ownership, in this country, uh, the black church probably own as much land as anybody or any organizations. It is the black church. Much of it goes unused. And the church, I think in Charlotte with the largest land mass is friendship. They have a little over a hundred acres. And until we installed that uh, orchard there several years ago, they had not used any of it for, for production. And so this is a um, this is a huge historical initiative with this Presbyterian uh, church uh, right there in the heart of Black Charlotte, right on Beatty's Ford Road, twenty six hundred Beatty's Ford Road, and um, and we have a five year uh, lease with them, and look forward to really producing some good clean food for our people, right there, and again. It is not where the food banks are dumping the trash, dumping the garbage to us, and but it is where black men and black boys get together and, and we're producing it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. In the midst of these food line and various food deserts. Right. You know, one of the, one of the first questions I ask when I visited uh, the urban Northeast, you know, what do your brothers eat, man? What do you get your food? You know, right. traveling through Baltimore and Philadelphia and these, right. uh, New Jersey, Camden, uh, Wilmington, Delaware. Where do you brothers get your, I mean, I mean, where's the greenery here? There's just nothing but the rubble and concrete. Mm -hmm. How do you survive, you know, beyond a coffee and a, a joint and a cup of coffee every morning? Yeah, well, there is a the food desert, the the housing deserts, the absence of it, the job deserts. Uh, so it is exploitation, as you know. And so food is just one of those. Clean food is just one of those um, items um, that is uh, has been uh, exploited and uh, and we lack uh, from and. Um, to your point, to the degree we're able to um, control our own markets, to include our food, because we're going to eat. I think we'll start to see us um, reclaim a lot of the greatness that we've uh, we've experienced. Yes, sir. And reclaim our internal markets, uh, which is 
a phrase that Amos Wilson used to use uh, consistently. We have to recapture our internal markets, mm-hmm. you know, from the uh, major corporations and alien invaders in our community. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So, well, I will certainly be looking for you, brothers, uh, help with the uh, each of those raised beds. Uh, we will name one of those raised beds in honor of uh, some of our great um, freedom fighters, too. So certainly, uh, Dr. Amos Wilson will be at the forefront. He, along with Gavi and, uh, uh, you know, incredible brothers, man. So Yeah, brother. And, 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 and sisters. And sisters. Uh, oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You know, brother yeah. X, you know. Yes, philosophy of black nationalism is to control the economy of our community, control the education, control the civic organizations. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, Brother Reggie, in, in so many years of doing the work that you have been doing in the Charlotte community, what's your assessment of the, the young warriors who come into the manhood uh, training program and, and how have they changed or been consistent over the years? Our, our goal is to move them further along uh, than when we got them. Uh, they come in at different levels and um, at different places. Uh, and our goal is to move them along. Our ultimate goal is manhood, black manhood for them. And um, through through the weekly manhood training, through the um, sustained, consistent uh, programming and uh, engagement, um, through encouragement, um, we, uh, when they're completed with the program, we hope to move them through, our plan is to move them through, through life, be it in the workforce, get married, uh, have a family, uh, to go to college, gain skills or job training uh, so that they can come back and whatever endeavor they go in, they take that manhood training with them. They take the warriorhood with them in the um, in, in, in our capacity to, again, fundamentally uh, with the aim of um, providing, protecting and ensuring uh, nation building for our community and our people. So it is about creating and develop, nurturing, comprehensive black young men who are upright, who are strong, uh, who use their gifts and their talents uh, to not only acquire wealth and materialism independently for themselves, but to to cooperatively share and build uh, in the spirit of Ujima, uh, to build our community and to uh, make their brothers and sisters problems uh, our own and we uh, help solve them together. So we've we've been uh, we do a annual um, uh, rites of passage for our graduates. Uh, Baba Makaru was uh, with our faculty last year, of course, and I'm, I'm certain he'll be with us this year. We have one graduate, uh, Brother Xavier Brown, who is a uh, senior at Philip Berry, and he's been accepted to um, to North Carolina A&T State University. And so we will be doing a rites of passage session for him. And we draw on those time-honored traditions. These are not stuff that we have to make up, but we look at and examine those institutions, those socializing institutions and forces that work for us. And we're um, drawing on those and help to send them off into the world as men, as black men. And and this is a way to um, um, where the black men in the community uh, who are working with these young men throughout the year, but then we really hone in on the, um, on these, um, on this period of time where we're really focused in on the manhood training and initiation. And then we send them off into the world uh, ready to go and ready to make a difference and strike a blow for us. And in and, 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 and remaining rooted and grounding in an African worldview and culture, one of the things that uh, impressed me about the brother uh, who produced 
uh, and exterminate the Brutes was that he studied in Berlin. He learned he learned film study in Berlin, yeah. but he was able to project the African worldview uh, with a great deal of accuracy. Of course, you know, invariably we're going to come away with some questions regarding uh, the European mind, um, which will be ongoing, for instance, you know, <laughs> long before I saw this documentary, I had always wondered about uh, the uh, Tokyo, Rome, Berlin axis. You know, here it is, you had a situation where the Japanese were also viewed as the yellow man, the inferior, inferior man, but mm -hmm. yet they were part of this axis. So this is something that, uh, you know, white supremacy, uh, Eurocentric thought, it has to be dissected, you know, to the fullest degree. Mm -hmm. There was some clarity, but still there's some contradictions. Oh, sure. You know, one of, one of the things, and uh, I'm having Wi-Fi. I got to do something about my Wi-Fi. But anyway, um, I was uh, I told Brother Reggie I was out on my uh, daily walk coming back into the community, and a young man pulled up to the stop sign and um, stopped me, and he said, hey, he said, did you used to work at the mail's place? And I said, yeah. And he said, man, I, I, I just want to thank you. And, and and brother Reggie for giving me and that foundation. Uh, this brother was uh, about uh, I'd say twenty five or twenty six years old now, and he said that uh, you know he had it had strayed away, but he but he came back to the roots, and a lot of the things that he learned at the Mills place, uh, you know, uh, helped him you know get himself uh, straightened out. And now he's mm -hmm. he's uh, you know uh, a young uh, entrepreneur. Mm. And, and 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 moving and moving in a positive direction. So the thing the thing that that uh, organizations like the Mills Place, you know, are doing, and 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 now you know we do see more and more of these organizations, you know, coming about. You know, I just uh, read about one down in Jackson, uh, Mississippi, that was involved in their struggle to control their water, you know, under the uh, Lumumba regime down there, um, and you you plant seeds you plant seeds and you hope that the seeds will sprout and it may not it may not necessarily be immediately obvious but mm -hmm. the seeds are there and 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 and, and we can and, and we can see results and so i mean that's just that's just one of the things that uh that happens and then of course you know they you know periodically uh, these young men will go off to college or get married and start raising a family and they'll come back to the neighborhood check come back to the community or to the program check in to see you know what's going on so um it's just outstanding work but uh brother ray uh it's switching gears for for a moment since uh we know that what's taking place in the twin cities is you know in the frontal lobes of everybody and and Social justice is uh, one of the focus areas uh, of the Mills Place. I remember a few years ago, uh, Mills Place was involved in trying to, uh, I think, work with uh, Attorney Matt Newton to uh, to put some teeth in the uh, Charlotte Mecklenburg Civilian Review Board, which uh, we had fought in the 1990s to to make a reality after three African Americans unarmed were killed two uh, uh two brothers two sisters mm -hmm. carolyn sue bettinger and wendy gail thompson and one brother james willie cooper we we demanded a civilian review board and they gave us it's like able say yeah y'all want it okay you can have it right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was right. absolutely toothless i think they reviewed uh at some point they had reviewed over 300 cases and re had ruled in favor of the police in all the cases Except, right. except for maybe one. Uh, and so I know that you were all involved in that that focus, and I know you've been involved in a lot of other things. Mm -hmm. uh, but just tell me, how are you processing uh, with the young men? Because I know one of the things that, that you all do is you, you engage the young men in conversations to see how they are dealing with, you know, the problems that they are confronting you know, both locally, nationally, and internationally, 
you know, how how is that uh, playing out? How, how are you dealing with uh, the whole Floyd situation and the trial there and and the anticipation uh, that, uh, you know, the country is supposedly on pins and needles right now waiting for this jury to uh, make a decision? Mm-hmm. Thank you, Bubba. In, in fact, I, I remember um, in the early 2000s, I was doing some programming with some uh, brothers who had been incarcerated through uh, First Baptist West Church. And I remember uh, showing them the some excerpts from the movie um, uh, Foodville Station with Oscar Grant. Mm-hmm. And I remember some of our good church folk was disturbed by the language that was in the uh, film. But mm-hmm. the the young brothers were leaning forward. I mean, they were eager, they were interested, and I said, "Well, look, this is the way they talk." But but the important thing is we're engaging them. So we do look at you know not only the the you know, Emmett Till and um, uh, had a wonderful opportunity to meet his mother, uh, Sister Mamie Mobley Till, years ago, but to really bring it forward and to look at some chronological. Um, uh, outright lynching and maiming and destruction of, of black boys, really the black family. Mm. And, and so we have very pointed discussions about what is going on, what is transpiring. Um, and, and we really want to know what their opinions are. Um, we certainly inform them on their rights. We do engage in some national conversations and forums around uh, social justice and how do you um, and what happens when you engage a police? What are your rights? Mm-hmm. You know, um, how do you get out of there alive? You know, um, and so the young men know that if they are stopped, that they are to call their parents, have their parents call call us, and then we will get along with uh, with their attorney, and uh, and we'll get our team together, and we will then confront them will confront whatever the cops or whatever injustice system uh, as a team and not have them out there on them streets by themselves mm-hmm. uh, in, a, in a war that they can't win by themselves. So we do have these uh, discussions. In fact, we watched American Skin. I don't know if you all have had a chance to see that yet. Um, this was a film um, we watched about a month ago with Big Brothers and Big Sisters. We partnered with them. And this was about um, a, a, a brother who young son was just outright murdered. And um, so having the, having the real discussions, uh, having them be able to share their own thoughts and feelings, but how do you, and when do you, because we should all, I think you've, you've always said that there will come a point where we, we all will be encountering them mm-hmm. and engaging them. And so um, we have these discussions. We do uh, role play, um, you know, in terms of how do they survive, again, knowing their rights and helping them through these uh, process what's going on. Because you got to I mean, certainly you all understand the the trauma and the historical trauma for hundreds of years watching our our women, our, our men and even our children now is being slaughtered and the onslaught continues. And so, you know, they're taking this with them every day. And um, so we try to have these conversations to help um, them process what's going on, but also uh, what role they play. And, uh, and today, what role they play, but also the role they'll be playing in, in, in minimizing and, uh, and preventing whatever uh, force seeks to destroy our community and our, and our familyhood and our personhood. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. I I, I remember, uh, you know, being, uh, you know, in the program when uh, Trayvon Martin was killed Mm -hmm. and, you know, one of the things that uh, you set up, uh, you know, for us, you know, had some of us come in, uh, some of the guys that had uh, perhaps a little more street, uh, mm-hmm. orientation than us mm-hmm. come in and talk to the young men about, okay, not, not, not blaming the victim because we know that uh, Zimmerman was a felony stalker and that's what he should have been charged with in addition to the other charges. Yes, but what could Trayvon Martin have done 
to stay alive. Mm -hmm. And those are very, very, very practical things. If you are out walking and, you know, you got a, a stalker, a white man, uh, you know, behind you at night, you assume that he's armed. And what what kind of action do you take in order to uh, to survive? So, you know, those are very practical things that uh, I'm sure I'm sure uh, you know, are planted in the minds, have been planted in the minds of our young people. And the hope is that that they'll respond. We we never know exactly how we're going to respond to something until till we actually in that situation, you know, because mm -hmm. you can plan all you want to, right. but it, but but how how do you wh what do you call on in terms of how do you respond? And you know, you have always taught the young men to think critically to control their emotions to to not get lured into the orbit of ignorance of these neanderthals because mm -hmm. once you get lured into their orbit of ignorance then they have the advantage what what do you do how do you how do you react you know mm -hmm. I, you know I've told you the story about you know down in America's Georgia being face to face with a clan sheriff mm -hmm. and you know you know how I was processing that particular situation so these things are, are very important. They because because what you know in 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 the mantra you know we talking we talk about enhancing our possibilities, mm -hmm. and you have to stay alive. Right. You got you got you know the first thing we have to be concerned with is how do we those types of things. So. Um, you know this is this this is this is very important uh i know you yeah. we, you do the annual um historical program oratorical program are you doing that this year yes sir we we did that this weekend actually we okay. um, yes sir we originally had it planned um uh, and i lost my sister uh this was back in april okay and um uh, and so we rescheduled it for this past weekend Mm -hmm. And and we were because of COVID, we were just trying to minimize. Right. Um, and so um, we didn't open it up. But okay. we had uh, this year's theme was on Afro-Caribbean freedom fighters. Oh, OK. okay. And uh, and the brothers. So we had brothers from Haiti and like 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 Dasseline and uh, Tucson and uh, Bookman. Uh, and uh, we had brothers from. Um, from uh, Trinidad and 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 uh, Barbados and 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 um, to include um, um, uh, Wretched of the Earth, my brother, my dear brother from uh, France for Fran In fact, uh, brother AJ did a super job with that. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah right, he right. did a super job with that. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I remember. I remember the program last year, and mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, the brother that did Narmer. Mm -hmm. And Norma is such a foundational and significant mm -hmm. figure in African mm -hmm. history. In fact, you may call, consider him the most important person in, in the entire history of African people, you mm -hmm. know, in my opinion. And, you know, just to have the consciousness to say, OK, you know, these you know, this is this is a person who we should include in our program. Uh, you know, you've always, you know, reached uh, be, beyond, you know, when. They gave us Black History. It was you know Booker <laughs> T. Washington and George Washington Carver, right? right. And right. Uh, and and you know that was about it, right? So well, uh, certainly having a brother like you would push would push and stretch me, you know. So I've always uh, appreciated and valued your contributions, you know, and your the uh, foundational uh, work that you've you've put in. And again, you've stretched us and. Um, and uh, and so thank you for all that. Well, you know, you had <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I, I'm just making a contribution, you know, because, you know, you, you know with, without your visionary leadership, you know, there, there, there would be no program. I was just just glad that I could make a contribution mm -hmm. in, uh, in, in in any way I could. Um, are there, you know, beyond uh, beyond those uh those those particular events and and you know is there is there anything else that that uh that you see going on like you know like it saying you know in in the in the charlotte community you know that mm -hmm. we perhaps should be addressing 
uh, because I, I know you, you know, you have your finger, you know, on the pulse, you know, mm. of the of the community in, in, in so many ways that, 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 you know, because of, you know, just your, your daily work and your activism and your consciousness. Is there is there something going on that we should know about that, uh, you know, we should perhaps be paying attention to right now? Well, well, certainly, I think um, the. Um, we need to there is a lot of funding going on right now regarding uh violence prevention mm -hmm. and and uh with this cares act that uh, you know that initiative that came out of uh, chicago and so there is a significant amount of funding there and um we're interested in the model we we like the model we have uh certainly believe that we can um scale it you know, expand it and um, and and create other types of models like this in the region and, and around in the country. Right. And so, but not just having violence limited to mere black on black violence. While that is a serious, serious problem, we need to uh, bring under control uh, the state violence mm -hmm. and the the white racial violence. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes, are not included in that. Right. So, so I would I would say that this um, uh, the level of of um, of random violence and um, and and people feeling they need to um, ret have retribution and get back and uh, and just terrorize our community is of great concern for me. And um, this this type of programming and others that are like it. Uh, should be um, almost required, almost required for each of our um, young men growing up, as well as for the young sisters, okay. to help socialize them very, very early. Not from a uh, you know multi-dimensional, but but not just intervention, but very prescriptive, very preventive in nature, and uh, and it helps to tell them who they are and what their roles and their obligations are. So. Mm -hmm. Um, so I would say the, <clears throat> and of course, you know, Dr. Amos Wilson does a great job talking about, you know, uh, the black on black violence in the context of white domination. And exactly. so, so we must, um, bring our community under control though, and not, uh, where we're self-destructing and imposing this level of violence on ourselves in addition to the historical white racial violence. Right. Right. Yeah. Because, you know, they, historically they want to you know push us into uh, fragmentation versus holistic thinking and you know we have to be holistic in our approach uh i know some of the local groups were ha have had some issues with with the way that you know they seem to be doling this this funding out and mm -hmm. um you know i mean we you know we certainly hope that uh it, it's just not something for show to that so the, the, the politicians can say, well, we gave you all the program, you know, or whatever. <laughs> and uh, that, that, that the funding actually goes to people who are, you know, in grassroots of the community, you know, not just creating another bureaucracy where, mm -hmm. you know, somebody gets paid and, you know, nothing, nothing ever gets done. You know, it never reaches, uh, you know, the masses of people that, uh, you know, that, that, that are needed. Um well, you know, one other thing, uh, Reggie, you know, what I'm seeing uh, in Detroit seems to be one of the major areas mm -hmm. that's at the forefront of uh, urban farming mm -hmm. and the uh, development, the, the development of co-ops. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I and I know that you you attend these these types of uh, you know conferences and meetings. You know I know you were doing a lot of traveling before COVID, and now I assume you're still doing the same same thing via you know one mm -hmm. of these platforms. Mm -hmm. um, can you talk to us a little bit about what you are seeing there? I, I, I'm seeing some positive developments in, in terms mm -hmm. of in terms of of the, of the food in terms of food security, which is which is a major problem for us. I mean what what. What are you seeing? Because, you, you know, you are way more involved and know more about it than I do. Yes, sir. In fact, uh, Detroit is a very unique city. It, it has lots of um, vacant lots. Mm -hmm. uh, and where you have most urban areas now where 
because of development and because of gentrification, um, more and more people are moving back in the cities now. But mm -hmm. Detroit remains a very large uh, city in terms of mass, land mass, and they have significant amounts of um, land space. Of course, uh, Baba Maliki Kini, who you had a chance to meet, mm -hmm. um, is certainly a, um, a a great pioneer when it comes to food sovereignty, and which which goes beyond mere where many of um, our institutions and governments want to keep us, which is at food access and food security, mm. but but and and that's merely feeding. And you know, Thomas and Kara said that he who feeds you control you. And so, so sovereignty and and food apartheid is where uh, the food activists are going. They wanna they want the land. They want to be able to um, um, to control uh, the whole food system. And so the co-ops then, which was um, largely um, came out of the work of uh, Fannie Lou Hamer. Mm -hmm. And uh, she created the co-op and the farms because of voting rights. So she wanted, right. because you had to own land in order to vote at one point. Mm -hmm. So, um, but it also creates people who are, who don't have large amounts of funding to be able to control and own a business, to own the store. Mm -hmm. So everybody wins. And so um, uh, Ricky uh, Hall, who's over on uh, West Boulevard, is probably the closest to um, having a, a co-op now. Um, and uh, okay. he's calling it Three Sisters. He's calling it Three Sisters. And, um, and uh, Ricky's been studying a great deal on, here on a local level with that. But I okay. do believe that, you know, given the fact that probably 90, 95 percent of the people still get their foods through grocery stores. Mm -hmm. And um, but I think co-op is one of those ways to go. We'll we'll, you know, to help uh, mitigate the lack of um, funding a lot of times, personal individual funding co-ops where there is a cooperative, you know, um, space and facility where people can um, um, prosper, grow together, and, um, and, and, and have a business. Now, there are other models like, um, like your dear brother, friend uh, from uh, Greensboro. Yeah, Ed Whitfield. Right, Brother Whitfield. Mm -hmm. Now, Brother Whitfield had a, um, he had a very good model there, but unfortunately didn't, you know, the people didn't quite see the value of, of ownership. Yeah. And so um, co-ops can be a little difficult because sometimes the prices aren't always the easiest either. Mm -hmm. So if you're competing with places like Wayne's and um, in Food Line, who is able to purchase in volumes, I mean, if you've got a cucumber for a dollar that you've raised uh, fresh, free from synthetics and chemicals and right. Because of the volume, Food Line can purchase a cucumber for seventy-nine cents, and yours is a dollar. Mm. Sometimes we don't always quite appreciate that—the difference and what's required to make that happen. Now, Brother Swilly said he'll drive across town to support us, but not everybody is willing to do that. But I think co-ops is a great way to um, to um, to help us uh, reclaim our economic and food system. Yeah. Okay. And you know, in that in that context, um, and and you're so right about uh, you know uh, Mother Hamer. Uh, a lot of people don't know about you know her, her co-ops there. You know, in the in the Delta, mm -hmm. and but and of course, you know, you know the that one of the tools that the uh, white power structure used mm -hmm. uh, to prevent uh, people from simply registering to vote. Mm -hmm. was to cut off uh, their food stamps mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And with the intention of actually starving uh, African people, you know, uh, in the Mississippi Delta during the winter. The mm -hmm. intention was to starve them to death to prevent them from registering to vote just to show you how diabolical and, de and demonic our enemies are. Mm -hmm. And she said, OK, so not only are we going to get to vote, you know, we, we we're going to form these co-ops and, you know, and, and purchase land so that we can. We can we can feed ourselves in the con in the context of doing that. 
um, you were fundamental in the development of the uh, Rosa Parks uh, mm -hmm. Farmers Market here in Charlotte. And uh, tell us what's going on for 2021. Have you? Do you have a location yet? And how is that going? Well, we want to stay on the heart of Black Charlotte. It'll be on Beatty's Ford Road again. Uh, and it's named in honor of Sister Rosa Parks, Sister Sister Rosa. And, and, and as you all remember that Sister Rosa had a husband, Brother right. Raymond Parks. That's mm -hmm. right. That's right. And so um, who owned lots of property in, in mm -hmm. Alabama and was ran off of that property. And um, so we're going to uh, we do it from June to September. And uh, we are the fiscal sponsor in addition to the young warriors and and the mothers and the elders are out there vending those markets. And so we're very serious about being vendors and distributing good, clean food uh, that we grow. In addition to what we're not able to grow because of volume, we'll partner with other farmers, particularly black farmers like uh, Brother Paul Brewington. And uh, Brother Paul Brewington's brother was a part of that Pigford um, uh, lawsuit back in the 90s uh, with the black farmers. Right. And mm -hmm. So we have a great partnership there and able to get a significant amount of stuff from them. So we'll be right there in the heart of Black Charlotte. We have what's called Rosa Parks Bucks. And these are additional dollars in addition to SNAP and food stamps that people, because we really want people to have. I mean, we could very well do what some farmers do, which is connect with restaurants, feed directly into the restaurants and grocery stores to say, look, we know how you guys are, are growing your stuff. We know your techniques. We know what you value. Let's let us purchase directly from you and say, now we want to be able to make sure our, our uh, most neediest people are able to afford or receive our good food. And so uh, we make that available through, again, through SNAP. And if a person is not able to, of course, we'll, we'll share our blessings along with them. Right, right. Okay, my brother. Hey, we certainly have been, have, have enjoyed you, uh, you know, dropping all this information on us. And uh, hopefully, uh, I know there's a 60% chance of rain on Saturday. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, uh, hopefully the rain will hold off until uh, you can get those uh, spring crops in, in the ground. Yes, sir. And so, uh, you know, we'll, we'll look forward to seeing you on Saturday morning. Yes, sir. And, 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 and getting that work done, if, you know, well, weather permitting, uh, you know, any, any, any final words, my brother? Well, I look forward to seeing you and uh, helping helping us get set and getting those teams set and getting those lines straight and, and all the wonderful work that you do. Uh, always good to see Brother Amos. I can't wait to have him back out there to do some of this uh, history for us, particularly as we prepare for. Kemet. I look forward to um, having you uh, provide some of that in-depth knowledge you got and uh, and Gullah Jack, uh, your presence, your wisdom, your knowledge, your fierce uh, warriorhood is always welcome. And I want to again thank the listening audience and our website is themailsplace.org themailsplace.org for any additional information. Mm -hmm. uh, Thank you so much. And also Facebook, The Mail's Place. That's right. 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 That's right. Okay, this has been another uh, outstanding program from African Liberation Media. Uh, close us out, uh, Brother Almost. Tell people where they can find us. You can always visit our website, AfricanLiberationMedia.com, where you can find all of our episodes. We'll be posting this episode tomorrow. And um, you can also... Check us out on social media, on Facebook, and wherever you listen to your podcasts, uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, you can listen to us and subscribe there. Until next time, a BB for Hodie. BB for Hodie. A BB for Hodie. Power or the lack of power. I want to repeat this. Power or the lack of power. If your education in this institution is not about gaining real power, not jobs, because your jobs do not represent power. Not getting elected, that does not represent power either. You are buying your houses and fine clothes does not represent power either. If it is not about real power, you are being 
miseducated and misled, and you will die educated and misled. If your study of black history is merely an exercise in feeling good about yourself, then you will die feeling good. The study of history then must be more than the pumping up of your self-esteem and the pumping up of your pride. Those things are important, but ultimately those things are not the means by which we will save ourselves as people in this world.